0: That's join m i d i dot
1: Don't you always want to be the best you can be? The Frankie Boyer Show. What is
2: this? It's more than a lifestyle show, it's a show about living in today's world. I think something is happening. Frankie enthusiastically brings an amazing, eclectic mix to the airwaves. You got that right. One of the reasons she's earned legions of loyal fans is very simple. When you listen to The Frankie Boyer Show, you just never know what's going to happen next. So listen for yourself. Here is Frankie
1: Boyer. And welcome. It is Cannabis Talk, A to Z, an educational odyssey with Frankie Boyer. And joining me is one of my regulars. And we do this regular feature because Mark Oldman is the partner at Hemp Public Relations, hemppublicrelations.com. And it's a firm that helps individuals. And he's always... Mark is always on top of the hottest latest stories when it comes to CBD, cannabis and this new world that we are all embarking on and so we always love to get some business stories from Mark. And it is time for our segment and so Mark, welcome back as always. So what's the first story you have for us? This one is puzzling to me. One more time. I say, what is the first story? It's a little puzzling to me.
3: Well, the first story on our uh, story list today would be the CBD warnings from the FDA are spooking major consumer brands. This is uh, obviously a huge story for CBD and a huge story for the uh, business community, uh, Frankie. The uh, United States Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA, has uh, started in 2020 with a shot of uh, Bos of booming CBD industry they're, they're really giving them a big problem they, um, and a lot of uh, FDA new regulation is really happening uh, some of it with the THC uh, cannabis brands it's spooking the blue chip brands once poised to really do really really well in business reports have surfaced uh, since the turn of the uh, uh, century actually turn of the year a uh, major these a lot of these brands are just really pulling back for example The Wall Street Journal says uh, Kelloggs not going to have uh, anything with CBD at all in it anymore because the uh, FDA doesn't recognize it as to be safe. Also, um, Ben & Jerry's, they're really sticking to their company, and they're going to to try out some CBD ice cream. So a lot of these different companies, some of them are uh, hesitant to uh, try anything new until the FDA really gets their stuff together when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, the uh, CBA stuff.
1: So what's happened, what's Yeah. What's happened in the industry, from, from what I've gathered and from all those and the different things that I've gone to, when the FDA last summer opened up the conversation right. and hundreds of people went to the FDA and did their reporting, they got all this information and they were not able to make their decisions. And people were perplexed because they gave them so much material and so much information. It's a, a bit overwhelming. The problem right now is that they've gone after some pet companies um, and that are making claims and, and people that are not familiar with Dishay, the dietary... A uh, supplement act that was passed twenty something years ago, they're not familiar with how the wording on labels have to be, and so a lot of these you new know what, companies. I, I agree with
3: you, Frankie, very much. And America really just needs to wake up. The FDA, if you're listening, you need to wake up. There's nothing wrong with CBD. There won't be nothing ever wrong with CBD. It's helping millions and millions and millions of people. Leave it alone.
1: Well, and that's and that's exactly what the the Hemp Roundtable is trying to do, it's it's a, a few groups, advocacy groups for the public are trying to convey to the FDA that we want your guidelines, we welcome them, but make them be sound, have them have reason behind them and evidence. And so that's where we are right now. And the FDA has not really figured out what to do and where to go. And that they say that it should be happening very soon.
3: Let's uh, say labeling is going to, the labeling is definitely going to absolutely. It's about the labeling. Yeah. Right.
1: The labeling.
3: Let's, uh, let's not ruin another industry uh, like they did with the vaping industry. So let's not ruin another one and ruin the CBD and have people lose income and their lives and their health. Really? This is super important that the FDA really gets it together and let's uh, CBD in you know, all of our lives forever.
1: Well, and the other big piece of this story, Mark, and this is a very important part of the story, is right. that and and you are you are actually going to to cover it in your next story that you bring to us, is that CBD is now taking a big chunk out of a lot of companies, including well, actually, alcohol you're right.
3: uh, cannabis has taken a large yeah. share of alcohol industry. I mean, concern over yes. calories and hangover. Uh, the growing concern over calories, hangovers, is driving more millennials to replace alcohol with cannabis for the, uh, you know, really in, in their social lives. Um, and uh, a recent uh, monitoring of uh, the future research found by U.S. millennials drink far less alcohol than previous generations. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to believe these percentages, but the percentage of college students that drink daily declined from 6.5 in 1980 to 2.2% in 2017 to even less right now, which it just seems kind of crazy, you know?
1: No, 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 it's true. It's true. And what's happening, Mark, is that we just opened a brand new casino in Boston. Brand new. Oh, road trip. Took Took years and years Encore Boston has opened. It's one of um, uh, the wind property from Vegas. It's exquisite, absolutely gorgeous. They did it magnificently. They cleaned up the, the river. They, they did a tremendous amount of back work to get this thing going. And now what they're finding is they have to do deals because the young people are not coming into the casinos. They're not coming in for drinking. They're coming in for entertainment, but they're not coming in to use the slot machines. They're not gamblers, and they're not drinkers.
3: Right, right, right. Seems crazy. You know what? Uh, you know what It I is crazy. When I was in uh, Amsterdam, uh, where marijuana and everything else is uh, illegal, there was so few uh, people drinking over there, um, and so little problems with uh, driving while intoxicated.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're going to see more of it. But there's also some individuals that want to put the uh, CBD in in beer, and that's so interesting as well.
3: I cannot wait to try that. I will be your guinea pig, Budweiser, Molson, whomever you like. I will be your guinea pig. I'm saying it on the record as we speak.
1: No, no, no. But there's a company called Blue Moon Brewing Company, oh, and they are uh, produce. Yeah, yeah. They're pro- producing a cannabis infused. And non-alcoholic craft beer, Grain Wave, and um, that's that's what's happening. And then there's the Colorado-based New Belgium Brewing and Dad and Dudes Brewery, as well right. as Sweetwater Brewing Company of Georgia. And so they're getting into it as well. And I, I, do you think these are going to be successful?
3: I absolutely think they'll be successful, and if not in the long term, for a short term. People like to try out new products. You know, I love beer. I love CBD. And what, 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 what could go wrong here, really? Like absolutely. Fun, fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, along with all of our conversations about business, there's also some issues about passengers. Uh, tell us about the cannabis am- amnesty box. This is a, a fascinating right. story.
3: So, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, and we've spoken about this in the past. This is what you do, I guess. Um, Since uh, marijuana is illegal in Colorado, uh, but however you can't really take it back with you in other states, and other states might not be legal or whatever else. So it's kind of like a box or a garbage bag uh, right before you uh, enter the airport, and you throw all your marijuana in there and your devices and whatever else, and it's safe, and nobody's supposed to go in there, right? And besides the police, you get rid of it. So um, they were installed only a week ago to uh, coincide with the legalization of uh, the, uh, regional uh, recreational marijuana in Illinois, and again they're uh, they're intended for departing passengers to put all their stuff in there, whatever else. Apparently, uh, police reported they noticed that marijuana was missing from the box during a check on Wednesday, and according to uh, the local sources, <laughs> upon review, um, somebody took it all. Some guy just took oh, it all.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so funny. It's kind of funny though, absolutely funny. Um, and there's another story that you're bringing to us from Austin. Tell us about this story.
3: Beautiful Austin, Texas. Well, police finally are going to stop making arrests, tickets, in most low-level marijuana cases that uh, are you know the, uh, that the city council really vote on. Now, marijuana um, has been very. Um, I'm not sure if it's legal there, but uh, it's uh, very kind of decriminalized. And it's a very big thing in Austin, Texas. They're a super liberal town. Uh, yeah, Billy yeah. One when of their we heroes.
1: Com- I was just going to say Willie is there too, and and when we come back, we'll talk more about that. And uh, we have more news stories right here on Cannabis Talk A to Z and Educational Odyssey. Stay tuned. I'm Frankie Boyer. He's Mark Goldman. And we will be back in just a moment, hemppublicrelations.com. Welcome back. It is Frankie Boyer, Cannabis Talk A to Z in Educational Odyssey. Mark Goldman, partner at Hemp Public Relations, hemppublicrelations.com. And we always love having Mark on, bringing us all of the interesting and fascinating stories. And you were just telling us about Austin. And so they finally decided to let it go. And now they're just going to ticket people. Is that it, Mark?
3: You have just a few days, which will uh, largely end arrests and fines for uh, low-level marijuana possession. This comes after the uh, Texas legislation of hemp last June threw marijuana prosecution into uh, chaos. Its plans look and smell identical. So there's a lot going on over there. But uh, finally, they're doing the right thing for the people of Austin, Texas, and all the uh, tourists that are there.
1: Yes, yes. And I've never been to Austin, but I've heard wonderful things about it.
3: I've been there about five times. We do a show there every year called Texas Funniest Reporter, and it's a great place. The People are so nice and liberal and uh, very uh, pro-marijuana and have been cannabis and CBD. Nice.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, no one, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the next story. <laughs> you have to share with everybody what's going on. And do you think you think they knew something way before most of us did? Mark Oldman. Would that
3: be the uh, Cherokee Nation?
1: No, it would be the Edible Arrangements.
3: Oh, the Edible Arrangements, absolutely. So, uh, uh, what do you call it? Edible Arrangements, obviously, you know what they do. They deliver, um, uh, you know, fruit trays, chocolate-covered fruit trays, and they're a great business to be in. They're a lot of fun, those trays. Anyway, Edible Arrangements. The lifeful floriculture fruit maker, like I was saying, great for Mother's Day and all these great holidays, is really getting into the uh, canna- cannabis uh, industry. That's right, Frankie. You heard that correctly. Edible Arrangements is ready to grow beyond its traditional gifting model through a surprising recent pivot into the trending cannabis space. Um, you know, and thanks. Uh, and the really cool thing is they own the word edible, and that's on all of their stores. And when you say edible, what what does everybody think? They don't think of edible arrangements. Well, they think of edibles. Which are when, CBD when did, or THC infused?
1: Yeah, when did Edible Arrangements first come come to be? It's been about what twenty years now. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think they, they knew something?
3: Twenty years and a wonderful company.
1: Do you think they knew something back then when they named it Edible Arrangements, or just do you think it's a fluke? It was yeah, a fluke. I
3: think it's a fluke. I think uh, you know, twenty years ago we weren't really thinking about edibles as much. Uh, but now, uh, you know, it's a daily uh, conversation for a lot of people.
1: So now they're going to get into the edible business. How fun Absolutely. is that?
3: Very, very interesting. And it's going to be. If they need a guinea pig, I'm here.
1: It's called Incredible Edibles.
3: I love it. And they're you?
1: opening up. Yeah, they're opening up their first Incredible Edibles storefronts this year. And the first store is opening right in New Haven. And then Atlanta. Wow.
3: Very yeah. cool. Not far away. Yeah. Definitely taking a road trip.
1: Yeah, definitely. You have to take a road trip. Yeah, you have to take a road trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, you've got another story, and this is the one. Go ahead and tell us about Missouri.
3: All right. Well, the Missouri awards a 119, I'm pardon, 192 dispensary licenses for medical marijuana program. This is uh, very, very uh, super important and interesting. This all happened this week. According to the uh, constitutional amendment that voters approved in 2018, the department was required to license at least 119 dispensaries, 24 of each in Missouri's uh, eight congressional districts. So uh, this is really, really great. We're super excited by this. And, uh, you know, it just means more uh, medical marijuana uh, for the country, and especially for Missouri.
1: And especially for Missouri. And what's going on with the Cherokees? This is an interesting story out of yep. uh, Oklahoma. The, uh,
3: the Cherokee Nation is creating a work group to study the uh, hemp and cannabis industries in Oklahoma. Uh, this uh, Native American tribe that's very popular there, it's the nation's largest, and that's a seven-member working group this week. It hopes to have a report by the end of May. Among the issues the group is going to be studying, Frankie, is whether uh, there's opportunities for the tribe and citizens To engage in growing, processing, and selling hemp and cannabis. Um, Right now, under Cherokee law, it remains illegal to use or possess marijuana on tribal-owned property. But you know what? They sell all the cheap cigarettes. I'm sure they're going to get into this real quick.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting because, Mark, Dr. Cass comes on this show and says that the resin from the plant has been used with the Indians and with... Many cultures for for thousands of years, and so they have used the plant in their religious ceremonies through the decades right. and and through time. So it, I'm sure that it will morph into a, a thriving business for them. I'm I sure it they're will. going to
3: say by the end of May. I think they're going to start process by the end of May. They're going to say there's yeah, way too much yeah. money in here. They got the casinos. They got the cigarettes. Let's let's go for this industry as well. You know.
1: Right, right. If they can pull it off, I, I, give, I, think, them I give them credit. I agree. I think it's, um, I think it's in, I think it's fascinating. Um, I know that uh, you know there is some exciting things, by the way, that are continuing to go on, um, and interesting things for medical research, which was breaking this week, and that there are now some new studies that have reviewed how cannabis can interact badly with some common heart medications including statin and blood thinners fascinating i mean that's oh, absolutely that's there a was real... a
3: review this week um, of yeah. uh, papers and studies under the uh, journal of the american college of cardiology opposing marijuana use leads to heart attacks which uh i you know i'm having a very hard time believing
1: yeah yeah me too well, you know, this, 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 those drugs are not good for anybody um, unless they are needed, in my opinion. And, and um, don't get me started because it's a double-edged sword. But with the pharmaceutical industry, and I'm not surprised that this is coming out because that's another industry that really doesn't want cannabis to flourish no, absolutely. It really and doesn't. You know there was
3: a national uh, survey uh, this week uh, that says two million Americans are estimated with cardiovascular diseases, and uh, they're currently uh, use or have used marijuana for a variety, you know, variety of, the, of these forms. So I agree with you. I think the pharmaceutical in- pharmaceutical industry is scared of the marijuana hemp cannabis CBD industry.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and marijuana legalization may hit forty states. 40 states right now. So given the amount of states that are pondering cannabis reform, um, I think this is going to add tremendous pressure on Congress to adjust the federal prohibition, which has been going on. I I think it's going to be a very interesting time in the next... I agree with you 100%. And,
3: you know, America needs to uh, make marijuana all over legal again.
1: Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. It was it's always fun and fast and furious, Mark Goldman.
3: Always thank for you for being on
1: with us from and give us the website again.
3: Hemppublicrelations.com. Everybody have a high, happy day.
1: Oh, g- goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. We'll be right back. This is Frankie Boyer, Cannabis Talk, A to Z and Educational Odyssey. Stay tuned. Yeah. It is Cannabis Talk, A to Z, an educational odyssey with Frankie Boyer. And joining me now, you know, one of the things that I love about doing this show is talking about entrepreneurs that are creating and, and supplying services. And that's exactly what our next guest is doing. He is a young entrepreneur. He is the CEO of Stock and Beans, Victor Jury. And he is with us today. They were just at the M.J. MJBiz uh, conference in Vegas. They are really and truly cutting edge. And Victor, you have some great, great things going on with Stock and Beans. And, and welcome. It's so nice to have you with us.
4: Absolutely, Frankie. Thank you very much for having me. It, uh, you
1: know It's an honor to be here. So you, tell everybody what Stock and Beans, they what you guys do. Sure. So uh, we really have two
4: sides to the business. Um, on one side, we have a technology platform that helps dispensaries be compliant with their online presence. That is a uh, cannabis compliant website and website hosting, um, age verification. Uh, we also have The ability to display uh, inventory in real time, uh, sort of like an e-commerce type system that allows uh, customers to come in and place orders for either pickup at a dispensary or for delivery. Um, And then we also have a a mobile app that helps the drivers and optimizes the routes um you know as well as a bunch of other you know kind of marketing features and modules and all that sort of stuff to really optimize the workflow of the dispensaries to make sure that they can sell more um and then and on the other side we have yeah, transportation um so we have um we we have a, a we've applied here for a license in Massachusetts to do uh transportation and we're currently uh transporting from grow operations and production operations to dispensaries and also doing wholesale runs Um, we've done a little bit of medical home delivery um, and we're going to start working on rec home delivery once those uh, you know licenses get approved here so um, the regulations are out but it hasn't fully been approved by the state so uh, we're waiting for that to happen to start jumping into that too
1: and I, I have to tell you, I'm a fan of this, and I'll tell you, give you a perfect example. I have a very dear friend in California who has been winning the battle with pancreatic cancer, winning the battle, which is a very tough disease. And yeah. she needs certain certain kinds of cannabis to help with her appetite. She just had some radiation treatments uh, that the same radiation protocol that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had, and it has tremendous success with pancreatic cancer, but left her flat on her back and she needed a delivery service because she couldn't even get herself out of bed to go to her mailbox, let alone get in the car and go somewhere. And so, you know, there are people out there that are suffering and, and this is a great opportunity to, um, get something you know it's a world today which we can order something online and have it delivered to us amazon is doing same day delivery and isn't it great that you're taking full advantage of that opportunity with stock and beans yeah absolutely
4: i mean we're uh you know we're really excited about some of the stuff that we're doing um you know sort of Talking a little and expanding on what you're talking about in the, the capability of cannabis and the different cannabis profiles to help people that have different ailments, um, we've actually been working with a data scientist to be able to identify certain cannabinoid uh, and tarpene profiles that present themselves as uh, providing a better experience and better relief For certain um, ailments so you know we can uh, identify a particular ailment like let's say arthritis and we go and we look at all of the cannabinoid and tarpene profiles that are alleviating um, you know the the arthritis and then that way we can go to the dispensaries and they are putting up their testing profiles on our platform and we can then display to the customer and say, this particular product is good for these ailments. Um, and then how, you know, how good it is for each of those ailments, um, you know, in addition to being able to do, um, you know, the delivery. And, and yeah, I mean, in, in our experience with the delivery, um, we see that the, the demographic, um, it was a, a little surprising. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a young guy. And, uh, you know, from my college experience, I was expecting that most of the people that we were going to be delivering were going to be kind of young, young college aged people. Uh, you know, we're here in Boston where there's a, a lot yeah, of, yeah. you know, kind of younger people. But it turns out that actually the majority of the deliveries were for a, a demographic that was a little older. Um, you know, we would go to a lot of retirement homes. Um, you know, people or, ordering um, kind of bath bombs and, uh, and the creams and, and things like that, um, which, which really for me as a young guy was a little surprising. I was expecting more of the, oh, I, you know, want to smoke and, you know, and kind of party with it and, and that sort of stuff. But no, it, actually, the, the ailment is, um, is more of a market. So, it, Absolutely.
1: So, Victor, you're the brains behind this delivery system. I mean, you started helping a client years ago. And yep. I mean, this is so fascinating that you've been able to do this. Share with us a little bit about, about your, uh, how you discovered this technology.
4: Yeah, so um, you know, I uh, I come from the enterprise architecture and marketing world. Um, I had a marketing agency in Boston for many years. Um, kind of, that's what I did before cannabis, if you will. Um, we had a competitor, to Grubhub, come and ask us to uh, help them with their technology and their platform. Um, Grubhub was killing them, and they just were held back by the by the technology. So we went and we built a. Um, you know, a a delivery platform, you know, with all of these features. And and I just said, oh, my God, this is the future of cannabis. Everybody's going to want it delivered. Um, And then so I took that team and then we started a whole new project to, you know, start doing this for dispensaries. Um, We got an alpha prototype in about a year and a half. We got out to dispensaries and started asking for feedback um, you know, we got a, a couple of uh, dispensaries on for for free at the beginning. And then, you know, as they really started liking the service, you know, they kind of became paying customers. And through really working with the dispensaries is how we've come up with all these features. So, you know, typically sometimes you go ahead and you start a project and you say, oh, wow, wouldn't it be cool to do this? Wouldn't it be cool to do that? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, our you know, our mission is to help the dispensaries sell more. So I want to be able to say, hey, a dispensary jumps on our platform and instantly they're selling 20 to 30% more, you know, within a couple of weeks of starting to use our platform. Um, And so we've been able to achieve that by really working with the dispensaries and asking them what their problems are um, and working with their internal teams their the dispensary managers and so on. Um, and really the people that are making contact with the customers are the people that know, you know, what their customers need. And so that's the kind of information that we use to really build the features, um, you know, for the platform. So, yeah.
1: How did the name come about? Tell us about the name of the company. How did you come about picking this name? (laughs) So we, uh,
4: in the marketing world, we have a uh, particular process for a naming exercise, Um, So essentially what we do is we gather all of the stakeholders together and we make a list. Um, Typically I like to shoot for somewhere close to 100 names. So that's where we started. We actually started with about 110 names. Um, And then we go through uh, voting exercises that then narrows it down to 50 and then narrows it down to 20 and then narrows it down to 10. Um, And then we get out to the market and we do – you know kind of surveys asking people you know what do they like about this name and you know once you get it down to 10 then you can actually go out and just ask the general public and so we were out in the streets of boston with a clipboard asking random people in the street <laughs> hey, what do you think about these names and you know and that sort of stuff so um yeah so that's how the name came about so it's you know one of these kind of uh, structured marketing exercises um, that allows us to have a, you know a well-structured brand
1: So yeah yeah. Uh, give out the information and, and congrats I'm so impressed with you Victor as a young entrepreneur what you're doing and the services that you're creating and you, you really are an inspiration for anyone out there trying to figure out how do I make it in this industry well you just did it you just got up and you did it and uh, congratulations uh, what's you, the best wes- website
4: um, so our website is stock and bean. So like a bean stock. So stockandbean.com. Um, and yeah, just uh, check us out. Uh, we have our phone number and our email there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Victor. We'll be back in a moment. This is Cannabis Talk a to Z and Educational Odyssey. I'm Frankie Boyer. As I walk
0: through the Valley of the Shadow
1: And welcome back. It is Frankie Boyer. This is Biz, This is Cannabis Talk A to Z, an educational odyssey. Joining us now is Joyce Smithy, and she's a highly respected employment and labor law attorney who represents employers and employees throughout Maryland and the District of Columbia in a diverse range of legal matters. And... You're saying that the new CBD laws are causing confusion in the workplace. So interesting. And welcome to the program, Joyce. It's nice to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us what's going on with the new CBD laws and why are they causing such confusion? Give us some examples of what's going on. Sure. So we've seen in many states...
2: uh, We've seen decriminalization statutes, legalization statutes that are uh, allowing people to get medical marijuana cards, for example, and use CBD in treatment of various ailments. And that's posed a lot of questions uh, in the workplace, including whether or not uh, using uh, medical marijuana, for example, uh, should be covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, And, of course, we still have uh, marijuana as a controlled substance on the federal level, so it's still illegal federally. Um, And so states have really been coming to different conclusions as to whether there's any protection if you are using medical marijuana and uh, test positive in a drug test.
1: So uh, I know that many of the sports teams are looking at CBD and the creams and the lotions and some of the tinctures and products available and are going to lessen the restrictions that they once placed on them. I know that we were just discussing almost 40 states now have legalized um, cannabis in some form. It's it's also confusing and yet you can buy c b d in every state right now, legally, you can still buy c b d in stores sure that's correct
2: um and it and it is confusing because for example, you know, the sports example is a good one of how a private industry can decide that they're going to you know allow the use of c b d products uh and decide that they're going to You know, accept it on whatever levels they want to, but for example, if you get a job with the federal government, you cannot use it. Um, And if you test positive in a drug test, many, many employees are losing their jobs on the federal level. Um, And certainly some of the states where people have tested positive um, for the presence of cannabis in a drug test they're getting fired and you know some of the states are saying wait a minute that's going to be protected you can't do it but other states are saying nope there's no protection here and it's okay to be fired for using it
1: um so that little bit of of THC in some of the CBD products is setting off or is it just the there's something in the CBD itself that's setting off the the, the testing to be positive?
2: Um, certainly, you know, certainly the use of CBD products have shown that you could test positive in a, in a drug test depending on, on what you're using. Um, certainly, I've had some clients who were using CBD oils and tested positive on a drug test and came to me for representation. So it is something you should be aware of if you are using those products, especially uh, if you work for the government or a contractor with the government, you need to be very careful.
1: This is so fascinating. Uh, do you see any change, Joyce, that this is going to show up soon in, in our in our? 2020, the year of 2020, do you think it's going to change?
2: Um, That's a great question. And I think it's a different answer on the federal level as opposed to the state level. Um, Back during the Obama administration, the DOJ had made a decision and and issued um, a regulation that they were not going to enforce, uh, enforce marijuana laws where states were um, legalizing it, there's been some effort to rescind that um, by the Trump administration. Uh, although there hasn't been much done in, in response to that effort, um, I think I, I think you know what happens in the next election is going to have a major effect on what we see federally. On the state level, the states where they are finding protection for users. Um, depend heavily on the type of statute. And so some of the statutes, statutes expressly say you cannot be retaliated against for using cannabis products. And when the statutes in the states have said that, the case law has generally been favorable to the employees. If there's no such protection written into the statute, those cases have been coming out for employers. So what I suspect is going to happen is a lot of state legislation to correct the disparity and make it more clear as to what the protections are. So I think you'll see a lot of legislative activity on the state level, making sure to give those protections in the statutes. And then what the federal government does, I think, will depend a lot on the next administration.
1: So what you're saying is that even if you have a doctor that gives you a script or says, you should use CBD. Not. I'm not talking about the psychoactive cannabis full cannabis plant. I'm just talking about CBD. You still can get into trouble if you if you if they do a drug te- drug test, and that company.
2: Uh, it depends on the state you're in. Um, if you're using it okay. to treat any kind of illness that might be covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act. Some states are saying that those are protected, but in other states, even if you're not using, you know, even if you're not impaired at work using, you know, using cannabis in a way that might impair you, even if you're not and you flunk a drug test in some states, that's
1: enough. Wow. And this is, um, Obviously, something that you're on top of, of, Joyce, as someone who's who's been involved in employment and labor law for so long, and you do this work. You you've been helping uh, with the Women's Law Center and the Workplace Street Law Program, and so thank you for all the work that you're doing, your advocacy work. This is fascinating. Come back again and, and give us updates periodically. We'd love to have you back. And what's the best website for the firm? Sure. It's
2: smithylaw.com, S-M-I-T-H-E-Y law.com.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Thank you we very much for having are, me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We will be back next time. Thanks so much for listening. This is Frankie Boyer, Cannabis Talk A to Z, an educational odyssey. And as always, smile. even though it's breaking, when there are clouds,
2: in the sky, you'll get by, if you smile.